This is Jeff Guy, Surgery Guy C Rounds. The topic is lightning strikes. Recently we had approximately 50 year old male who was working in his kitchen. And while working in his kitchen, um, became the victim of a lightning strike. The patient heard a loud bang, um, and next thing he's aware of is that his entire body is going numb. He's on the floor, he's aphasic, and he's been incontinent of uh, stool and urine. He's able to drag himself out of the kitchen uh, into the room where he struggles to uh, get his clothes changed because of the incontinence. He's, he's very embarrassed by this. And then the patient goes on to crawl to get help. He goes to a local emergency room where he's partially aphasic, he's weak of the lower extremities, and his mental status is described by the referring physician as bizarre and fleeting. They obtain a CAT scan of his head, which is normal. The patient has no signs of external cutaneous burns. Lightning is a common term uh, for a much more technical process of dielectric breakdown or arcing that occurs in the voltage difference between the clouds and other objects, such as at the level of electric field, and the imposing air exceeds 2 million volts per meter. The current through that arc is just massive, able to power entire cities, uh, and it's extremely brief, uh, and the time frame of 10 to 100 milliseconds. It's kind of similar to uh, the static discharge that one has with their hand and a doorknob, uh, where the primary current is confined to the surface of the object uh, of the doorknob and the finger, and you see the connecting arc. When a lightning arc is established between the ground and the, the clouds above, the current can reach between 30 and 50,000 amps. This again occurs in a few hundredths of a microsecond. The magnitude of the current in such an arc can rise the temperatures to exceed 30,000 degrees Kelvin, which will generate a high-pressure acoustic wave that expands and creates shock waves known as thunder. So technically what that means is that massive uh, increase in temperature to 30,000 degrees Kelvin massively heats the air. You'll know that air, once it's heated, takes up more volume. Um, and then the air rapidly expands and then contracts, and it's much like someone clapping uh, their hands, uh, and that is what produces thunder. When lightning strikes out, it spreads out radially from the contact point. So if you imagine lightning hitting a tree, and that center of the tree is, say, 100 volts or 100 energy units, as you step out radially from that uh, tree, you'll see drop-offs in current. So just for the sake of discussion, at, say, 10 feet, you have... Um, we said 100 volts of the tree, 90, 90 volts 10 feet away, 80 volts uh, another 10 feet away, uh, kind of like uh, a bullseye on a target. Now, to the uninitiated, think that when somebody gets struck by lightning, um, that it's a direct strike, and that's not the case. If a person is walking nearby uh, and they've got just a standard gait, uh, there'll be tremendous voltage difference from their front foot to their back foot. If you assume an average size of a lightning current, about 20,000 amps, and at the average step of an individual is 50 centimeters, and the individual is located, say, 10 meters away from the strike point of the lightning, the voltage drop from the one leg to the second leg reach roughly 1,500 volts. And this will induce a current of roughly 2 to 3 amp flow between the front leg to the back leg for a period of about 10 microseconds. Now, what happens to the person who's directly struck by lightning? Well, obviously, they're going to experience a much higher current for this brief period of time. The surface of the body is charged uh, by the high electric field in the air. During this charging, the body surface uh, potential can reach several thousand volts between the upper and lower body. 
This results in a breakdown of the epidermis and 700 amps uh, flow from the body for that period of 1 to 10 microseconds, which is certainly uh, long enough to induce a condition called extraporation. I'd like to read uh, an area on a lightning injury that was published uh, several years ago by uh, Dr. Ralph Lee, who's an MD and he has a PhD in um, engineering. He's at the University of Chicago and wrote a wonderful monograph on uh, electrical injuries. And this is uh, regarding a section on lightning injuries. Uh, and it's very informative. Even though there are approximately 200 deaths per year in the United States resulting from lightning injury, there are many more people who survive. The range of injury is quite broad, depending on the magnitude of exposure and the condition of the victim. According to many reports of lightning strikes in the vicinity of several individuals, this often results in a fatality or serious injury for only one of them. It is vital to know that the victim is electrically discharged immediately after the lightning strike. There is no danger in touching the individual to provide help. The important consequences of lightning strike may not be limited to the skin surface burns that occur. Lightning current pulse sets up a large current uh, uh, and a surrounding magnetic field pulse. This sharp magnetic field pulse penetrates the body, and this sets up secondary electrical currents inside the body. These secondary currents form closed loops around the penetrating magnetic field lines. Magnetically induced currents can be large enough to cause cardiac arrest, seizures, and other harmful effects. The duration of the lightning current pulse and the secondary electrical currents are so brief that heating is not responsible for the internal damage. Instead, the internal damage is due to pure electrical energy. There are some exceptions to this, however, such as when lightning flash charges up a car or truck to which a victim is in contact. In this case, the electrical discharge of the car or truck through the victim takes long enough for heating and burning to occur, in addition to the damage from the electrical effects. In survivors of lightning strikes, a condition called coronoparalysis, or complete neurological or muscular stunning, is the primary clinical feature immediately after the shock. Initially, this condition can be uh, manifested by cardiopulmonary arrest or metal obtundation. The condition is transient and usually clears in a few minutes if life support is administered. Subsequent amnesia and neurotic behavior often occur and can last for periods up to one week. Usually within 24 to 48 hours, there is less confusion, but muscular weakness and pain and visual photophobia and other disturbances in neurological control are the most prominent clinical features. Transient nerve dysfunction can have a variable course depending on the severity of the field exposure. Nerves can regain function in hours or require months. The mechanism of recovery remains unknown. As a result, it can be very difficult to relieve anxieties in victims. Permanent consequences have been correlated with uh, demonstrable anatomic lesions. Andrews and colleagues have stratified lightning strike victims into three groups of severity that guide therapy and determine the prognosis. The first group is the mild injury, in which the effects are transient. The victim is stunned by shock and may have fallen, and has been fully alert, slightly disoriented, or even amnestic for the event. Memory for the event is impaired, and may be impaired for days to hours. There may also be temporary blindness and deafness. The patient may be hypertensive or hypotensive, resulting from loss of anatomic control. Recovery is gradual, but usually complete. Modern injury victims are disoriented, combative, and may manifest seizure activity. They have the condition of chronoparalysis or muscle st uh, stunning, which could be persistent for several hours. Vascular spasms could lead to cold, bottled, cyanotic skin over the distal portions of the affected extremities. Characteristically, these patients have superficial thermal injuries to the skin, but occasionally the burns are deeper. Myocardial infarction may occur in response to the stress. 
These patients generally survive with permanent neuropsychological disturbances, such as paresthesias, loss of cutaneous sensations, sleep disorders, among others. Severely injured victims have central nervous system lesions, myocardial infarction, or even both. Prolonged circulatory arrest will add to hypoxia reperfusion injury, although survival is possible. The rehabilitation potential in these severely injured patients is small. Approximately one-third of all lightning injuries are fatal. Many victims who might otherwise have survived their lightning injuries have died because bystanders believe that the victim was charged or electrified and were afraid to give treatment. The lightning discharge is actually complete within milliseconds after the victim can be uh, contacted without harm. With rapid intervention, many victims can be revived. Although primarily high currents are usually carried by lightning, most of this current travels over the victim's surface and does not actually damage internal organs. Cardiac and neurological injuries are common. Many victims of lightning strikes are found in a state of flaccid paralysis, chronoparesis, and full cardiopulmonary arrest. However, these difficulties probably result from the magnetically induced currents in the body that we already talked about. Restoration of sustainable cardiorespiratory function is the initial goal. Prolonged cardiopulmonary resuscitation may be required and should not be abandoned early. Work these people and work them hard. Lightning survivors should be treated at a local burn center, excuse me, treated at a local trauma center and then transferred to a burn center or an intensive care facility for further evaluation and management. The burn wound should be debrided, protected with topical antibiotics, as indicated by examination of the wound. The skin injury is heat-related and can be treated like a hot flash or an explosion burn. Full 12 lead EKG should be immediately obtained to evaluate for myocardial injury and subsequent cardiac arrhythmias. Even if initially normal, the EKG should be repeated to detect any evolving myocardial injury. Aggressive therapy to stabilize myocardial membranes is indicated if myocardial testing suggests cardiac compromise. Seizure should be treated with an anticonvulsive medicine. The EG and MRI for localizing CNS injury can be important both therapeutically as well as prognostically. In most severe cases, after the acute management is complete, supportive therapy is needed until neuromuscular function is regained spontaneously. Therapy includes passive range of motion exercises to prevent contractures and possibly a program of bowel care. Difficulties arise when counseling survivors. At present, it is not possible to predict whether an individual manifests delayed onset of neurological dysfunction. Follow-up visits should be continued for years. Early detection of demyelinization may allow therapy to slow or stop disease progress. Additionally, to following these people for protracted periods of time, we will also get a cognitive evaluation because there are reports in the literature of people who have had electrical injury and lightning strikes developing a sequela symptoms very much like a post-concussion syndrome. Um, that is our, our talk on uh, lightning strikes for surgery IC rounds. This is Jeff Guy. Thank you.